I bought this house a year later, it's worth $400,000 more. Sure. So you ask him or her, what did you do to the house? What have you done to the house to make it worth $400,000 more? Assuming nothing? Nothing. Okay. Who put that, who put that money inside that house? The government, obviously. The government. Through quantitative easing, yeah, diluting money, making it worth less. Great. Inflation. Sure, and inflation. That house belongs to the government. That equity belongs to the government. If they want to take that money back, they're taking it back right now. Look, I get it. The Toronto real estate market is confusing. Whether you're a new or experienced investor or just looking for a home to raise your family in, join us at Broadview Table Talks as you sit around the table with my friends and talk about the real estate and the ever-changing market in Toronto. All right, welcome to another edition of Broadview Table Talks. Today, we got someone really famous here. No, Principal broker? No, you're pretty good. Come on, you're really experienced in the industry. You got some big recognition. Principal broker, key rate. What else? Mortgage fund capital owner. Yep. There you go. It's uh, private lending. Yep. What else can I say? Um, Custom home builder. Oh, I just said key rate. Key rate USA. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. There I you go. Danny Abraham, guys. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. Today, let's talk Thanks. about what's on everybody's minds. Since you're in the mortgage industry, let's talk about interest rates and where this world is headed. Yeah, I think we're we're headed into a major, major crash. Really? Just eh? kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, there's going to be there's going to be a phase next year where we're headed into a downturn. That's inevitable. Like twenty twenty three, yeah. Twenty twenty three, that's going to happen. Yeah, uh, everybody should be mentally prepared for it um, and financially prepared. It's very very important. Uh, we've been telling all our clients to start saving money. Rates are going to be continuing to rise all the way up to probably around June. And then we won't see anything come down until around November of 2023. So that period, with especially with people that are in variable rate mortgages, they're going to see an increase after the trigger rate will hit come December 7th. Everybody will be getting letters inside the mail the following week from their financial institutions. And uh, they're going to be paying increased um, mortgage but you haven't seen um, amortization stretching out, though, because I'm hearing like 40-year amortizations, things like that, right? Yeah, there's there's one private lender right now that's offering... Private? Four. I thought it was like a big five no, bank. No, it was private. Okay. That's offering 40. They're extending it out to 35 years. There is, there is talk that the government and CMHC are going to bring back the 30-year term nice. for insured deals. Okay. They're already offering it on the commercial side with 50-year amortizations. Um. But the, yeah, there is talks that they're going to bring back the 30-year program for the first-time home buyers. Next year is going to be a very challenging time for everyone, uh, especially for first-time home buyers, unless the government comes out with some new initiative, uh, new plans, the feds with CMHC and the Bank of Canada, especially uh, where they relax the market, uh, relax the atmosphere with uh, every single client base uh, to tell the economy that it will be fine, that's when we'll just see the markets just pick up, everybody starts spending a little bit more, and everybody starts currently buying. But that increased amortization will really help with uh, mortgages. But you don't think, so why do you think the government has to do it? They don't, you don't think that financial institutions will come up with like innovative products to, you know, like I saw that three that's, and a half. That's, that's a really good question. The, the government. I want to talk a little bit about this. Okay. Everybody goes and says, I built equity in my house. I bought this house a year later, it's worth $400,000 more. Sure. So you ask him or her, what did you do to the house? 
What have you done to the house to make it worth $400,000 more? Assuming nothing? Nothing. Okay. Who put that, who put that money inside that house? The government, obviously. The government. Through quantitative easing, yeah, diluting money, making it worth less. Great. Inflation. Sure, and inflation. That house belongs to the government. That equity belongs to the government. If they want to take that money back, they're taking it back right now. Okay. Makes right. a little sense, right? It's true. So when they want to give it back, which will be in time, hopefully by the end of 2023, they will give it back. Right, because our economy is so much heavily dependent on housing that this is like what they're trying to do on purpose, right? Because inflation is running wild and they want to bring down prices. Right. You know, but like people still need a place to live in Canada and especially with the tough, like the very loose immigration policies trying to get people in here to replace our aging workforce and all that kind of stuff. But they all need somewhere to live. And... There's no density. There's no nowhere they can build because zoning is so restrictive and all that kind of stuff. So what does that do? It just boosts up the rental population. So no matter what, you're still paying for it. Yeah. Yeah, no matter what, you're going to be paying for it. Whether you pay rent, that'll be interest only. And if you're taking a 40-year amortization, that's pretty much interest only. True. No matter what the rate is. True. Not much goes towards principal. So you don't think the financial institutions will come up with something innovative to continue their business because you know it's a big part of their businesses right yeah the no absolutely there, there the would business, be if not more there would be um two days ago there was a major bank that just purchased another institution saw that and the person that bought it was a billionaire canadian billionaire and knowing that and what he said and buying that particular company it it makes me happy this is the particular reason why his betting with the market that the market is going to take off next year. And he thinks in the next three years that that investment that he just placed will make him five times his return. So that's very big positive news. And we're talking about, I think he purchased it for $1.7 billion. Right. So that is one of the most positive news that I've heard in the last five months. It's kind of like when Warren Buffett built out, built out the same company in right. 2017, right? Correct. The way he... Yeah, he, he built structured a huge deal. 500 million, I think. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Four or 500 million, and yeah. made out huge afterwards, right? Because that company didn't fail. It, Not they at all. tripled in value. They tripled in value. When the stocks dropped down, I think, to about like $6 a share, people were exiting the business, exiting the company. Warren Buffett comes out, purchases it, goes back up. At to a about discount, 16. too. He bought it at a discount. For sure. He made a good chunk of change. Yeah. One of the smartest uh, uh, investors of all time. That's cool. Follow, follow his lead. Okay, well, so bet on the housing market, you think? Well, I mean, I, I think so too. There's, there's nothing, there's no, there's no other better investment than housing. Real estate and land are the best number one investments that you could ever make. Not crypto, not NFT, nothing else. Because it's not real. It's not tangible. It's not real estate. Yeah, you have to grab it. Yeah, right? it's not tangible. It's like, you know, drinking water out of your hands. But you have to drink it out of a cup. Yeah. The cup is your real estate. And there you, you go. put water inside of a cup. That's your built up equity. That's your, uh, that's all your treasures and everything in it. And you're just drinking it. That's not going to change. Like metaverse is going down. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. The real world is still here. You know what I mean? Bitcoin is crapping out because of FTX and all that. Stocks aren't doing so well. So where else are you going to put your money at the end of the day? That's the way I look at it. And people still need a place to live and do business. You yeah, know? Absolutely. Yeah, so real estate would always continue to flourish in, um, in any type of economy. In any type of recession, real estate's the number one asset class that gets anybody out of a recession. 
and the number one inside of a recession period asset class for wealth building too. Oh, absolutely. So the people want to know, the people want to know when is the best time to enter in today's market? Oh, anytime. Like you could buy tomorrow if you're going to get a good deal. You have to work with, uh, you know, a well-known, reputable real estate agent like yourself to get a good deal on a property. You're going to end up paying a higher rate. I don't think that really matters because you're going to end up refinancing it. Right. You just need the, uh, the right broker and product knowledge in order to make those type of moves. Like there's nothing stopping you from getting a one-year term, reassessing the market after one year, and then refinancing during that period of time. Uh, if the rates come down, great. If the rates go up a little bit more, well, you're hedging against another one year. Right. So you won't be even paying a massive penalty if you want to ever exit that type of uh, transaction. Right. Because if it's somewhat affordable now, then you might as well do it. Because a lot of people have been waiting for prices to come down, but yet, you know, that's only going to happen when rates go up. Right. Which makes their payments even higher than if the prices were to come. Like it hasn't come down as I haven't seen the prices come down, at least in Toronto as much as the payments have gone up. So if they bought six months ago, the payments would have been cheaper than today. Oh, for sure. Right now, even though the prices might be, you know, 10, 15%, 20% down from the peak, depends how you look at it. The payments are still way more expensive. They are but not much, not, not much more. Like, well, let's, let's look at a million dollars, for example. Yeah. A um, million dollars at the best time in the market. I think you could have got your payments to about, on 20, let's call it 30-year amortization, about $3,800 a month. Okay. Now it's about 5400 Yeah. It's a substantial jump, but we're still talking about a million dollars. We're not talking about, you know, half a million. Right. Uh, as, a, as a mortgage. Um, to be able to afford a million-dollar mortgage, you're, you should be making close to a quarter million dollars a year. It's almost four times your salary amount that's right and that's general rule yeah general rule that's what the way you take it and you just want to if you're not using a calculator that's what you'd say um but a quarter million dollars literally if you want to take that five thousand dollar payment for example multiply it by 12 you're at 60. right okay, okay. um i mean that's only using about 15 to 16 percent of your Net income at the end. Assuming you make two fifty, though. Assuming you make two fifty. Right. They overextended and over leveraged um, consumers that are purchasing homes. We'd be purchasing it at. Uh, I'm trying to be a little bit politically correct right here. The way I'm <laughs> saying this. Just say it, man. <laughs> I'll just tell you. Um, you would go into some sort of like alternative lending. You you want to you know be part of the Joneses, I guess. Yeah. And just get something just a little bit out of your means. There is lenders that do that type of transactions, but they're called equity-based lenders. Sure. So they don't really care what you really make. They just want to see that there's equity inside the home and you have a substantial down payment. No matter if you're the best hustler in town, no matter if you have three jobs and you are you could sacrifice to make the payments every single month, there's still equity inside that home that the lender's happy to give you a mortgage for. Um, those are the ones that I fear out the most inside the market. Those are the ones that would be the first ones to uh, bow out. And um, the lenders the or borrowers, sorry. Borrowers. Okay. Um, if we're talking about income wise uh, between the, these two borrowers, 250K versus yeah. somebody that's not making it but still trying to get a million dollar stated mortgage. income or whatever. Stated yeah. Income. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like with the job growth and uh, stability in the marketplace, there is still 
you know, we have to see what happens next year if people are going to retain their jobs or not. Well, that's it. Yeah, the whole uh, job economy stuff, that's uh, that's not good, too. It's not looking too no. good. A lot of layoffs going on. Yeah. Um, how have you have you seen any foreclosures or any increase in foreclosures? Yeah, I get asked that all the time. Yeah, um, I bet I see defaults. Yeah, uh, foreclosures. One. Yeah, because this is a long process, right? By the time you know you're you're going through that, the lender needs About to take months. the money back. Yeah, it's not worth it. They'd rather just negotiate with the with the lender or the borrower. The borrower with the lender, whether they sell the property or not, and just exit it without paying any sort of legal fees. Or get another investor to jump in and, you know, whatever, right? Sure, or retain, retain the uh, uh, the asset class and retain the property because you could still redeem the mortgage even though it's in foreclosure. I'll give you an example. Let's say if someone did go into foreclosure and by the time they sell the property and they, they take acquisition to sell the property and let's say there's a closing date of December 30th, they have all the way up to December 30th to redeem the mortgage to retain back the home. I've seen that happen before. For sure, yeah. And it was the craziest thing. Yeah, with all these fees and stuff, yeah. Yeah, but they still redeemed the mortgage, so they retained the home, and they would sell it off on their own. Um, that's that's normal. And I've only seen that cir- circumstance only happen once. Um, we'll, we'll see more foreclosures, I believe, next year. Hopefully not, but yeah, we anticipate maybe like 0.8% would be into that type of default category. Versus what's the normal? I think it's 0.2. Okay. 0.02%. So significantly higher, but still in the grand scheme of things, still small, relatively small. Defaults, they said, would go up to about a 5 to 6% overall. Default missing one to two payments until they bring it back current. Okay. Well, that's not good. Um, a little bit scary. It is. It's a scary time for sure. And that's what that, I'm saying save your money right now. <laughs> well, that's what the government's trying to do, right? They're trying to rein in the spending, rein in the inflation by default, by making prices, you know, the wealth effect kind of shrinks a little bit, right? Yeah. But again, they, t- they put that equity inside the home. They're going to be taking out that equity. It's like somebody, a mortgage broker that wants to refinance, liquidate the equity to pay off debt for a client. I mean, you... Uh, incurred that debt. Now you're using the equity out of your home to pay off that debt. What is the government doing? The government gave you that equity. Now they're trying to take back the equity to pay off their debt. How do they do that? By increasing the rates with the bonds and the yields. Um, this is really interesting, actually. Trudeau came out with uh, a new bond for the Ukrainian government. Really? $500 million bond. You got one of you guys to check that out. This yeah. is the most interesting thing ever. Okay. So you could invest into this bond, it's five hundred million, and it's a three percent return. Who's guaranteeing it? The government. Tax us. Yes. Taxpayers. Yes. Of course. Yeah. So we're giving back three percent to any investor that wants to invest in this five hundred million dollar bond. Okay. The more logical thing to do would be giving me five hundred million. Investing it and giving it. <laughs> I'll give you guys back, you know, a modest eight percent return on your investment. <laughs> pay out everybody else three, but at least you know, pays off some debt for the government. Okay, so let's talk about the fund. Perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's a really good idea. <laughs> we uh, we pay back about uh, ten to ten and a half percent return. First on of all, investment. what is the fund? Okay, so these are like um, you you want to look at this as only a short term play on investment. These as are, a borrower. As a borrower. Yes. Yes. You never, this is not a long-term type of uh, um, 
borrow, yeah. borrow uh, to borrow that type of fund. Yeah. Um, it's like a bridge. It is. It's completely a bridge, bridge financing. So if anybody in their right state of mind bridge, wants yeah. to take it for longer than a three, four year term, it's not going to happen. It's not what we do. There always has to be an exit strategy. What is that exit going to look like? Um, and, and typically, these loan amounts are not greater than about 250000 on second mortgage positions. Okay. First mortgage positions, we go all the way up to $15 million, uh, which is close to transaction for about five. Nice. Four and a half, five. Nice, nice. Like so. so these would be short-term or relatively short-term, like I guess mid-term bridges to get you to longer-term financing That's right. at better rates and interest only. Right. And there's like some of them are construction financing. Some of them are uh, commercial financing just to, uh, to do the soft costs for so, the build. So the reason why somebody would go with your fund is because the qualification is a little bit lower. It's not as stringent as the A lender banks or even B lenders for that matter. They won't ask you for every single document in the world. We practically only ask you for three months bank statements and look at the property and disperse within 48 hours. And credit? Uh, sometimes. Depends on the deal, the right? Depends on the deal. All right. Depends on the borrower. Depends on the criteria. But yeah, typically on an application, we see all that. But we always ask for three months of uh, bank statements. So if I'm going to see like uh, your bank statements show a negative balance at the at the end of every single month, well, you're you're not the type of client for us. Right. If you're showing uh, positive, then you're making your payments on time. Uh, you miss some payments because of uh, financial hardship. Uh, we still lend into that type of category. I mean, we're equity-based lending. We're not uh, looking at every single deal as if we're the bank. Right. That means equity-based lending basically means that there's still juice in the deal so that if something were to happen, you're able to take that property back or at least take the rights to it and then yeah. sell it underneath them and then yeah. basically yeah. Recoup, yeah. recoup your costs with some buffer margin for expenses. Exactly. Legal yeah. fees, realtor fees, et cetera. Exactly. So like all the all the mortgage investment corps and administrators right now, they're going around a 75% loan to value, which would be only 75% of the appraised uh, uh, property price. Right. Uh, we're going up all the way up to 90. In today's market. Well, we just so started aggressive. again. That's we aggressive. We really started about two weeks ago doing that again because we've, we feel that the market has bottomed out. Right. Uh, there's only upside statistics and, and internally from our analysts they told us pretty much from all the indication that it has bottomed out now unless there's somebody very desperate to sell around the neighborhood for uh you know three hundred thousand dollars less well that does not affect the comparables around the area with everybody else living inside a home that they just purchased less than two years ago that purchased it for three hundred thousand dollars more Right. So we look closely at the appraisals and the way uh, that the market's taking effect on the comparables. We're not necessarily looking at that one individual that sold it for a loss on his equity. Okay. So um, how? Okay. So if I was an investor coming into the fund to the MIC, how? What kind of returns am I looking at? What kind of security do I have? Do I get a name on title? Do I have like how does that work? Yeah, we stopped the name on title. Um, the reason being is uh, there, it's too complicated with when it comes to paperwork, not to get into nitty-gritty on, on it. But what we put under mortgage fund capital, we got a trust agreement that we offer uh, to every single investor. Um, the, the returns are 10%. Uh, so let's say an investor wants to come to me and say, Danny, we have um, uh, $300,000 to place. We do never ask them for the funds directly to deposit inside our account. We find them the deal first and see if they're comfortable with that particular deal. 
And if they are and they would like to move forward, then they transfer the funds over as soon as we get a signed back commitment from the borrower. Um, and the transaction happens within 48 hours to 70, 72. That's a one-to-one -one deal. That's the administrator deal. What about the, the fund? Yeah, the fund's a little bit different story. Because then um, like, there's rede redemptions, like you can Yeah, there's exit a direct reinvestment plan. There's a redemption period on a quarterly basis. Uh, you get still paid on a monthly basis. It's all outlined in offer memorandums uh, that, are, that go through our exempt market dealers. Uh, there's, there is, yeah, the, the fund is a little bit different because they're more of a accredited investors that we have to look at. Um, so this is just outline. for context. This hasn't started yet. Just for this yes. is going to be starting. This yeah, is and it's about in the works. It's in the works. Uh, yeah, we'll be so that's not the ten percent fund. No, no, no. That would be around nine, nine and a quarter. Oh wow, still, it's still reasonably very good, I, I believe. And do you think uh, RSPs and TFSAs could be eligible for this stuff or no? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the average Canadian has about like $30,000 in RSPs. So you could take out those RSPs and put them directly into the, the fund. And they're eligible uh, for that. I don't think there's any RSPs offering anything greater than three. There's yeah, GICs awesome. that are offering around fours right now. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer to, to do that. And it's an asset class, which is real estate. Yeah, and there's not much risk involved because, you know, you have that buffer. Well, if you're going to 10%, 90% loan of value, that's different, but, you know, still 10% buffer anyway. Yeah, so through the fund, this fund, particularly one we're discussing, uh, we're only doing it maximum at 80%. We're okay. not going out to 90 So, so you have 20% buffer. 20% uh, So that's 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 that should be safe. I mean, that, that is safe. Oh, I think it's very safe. It's very safe, I mean, yeah. It's not, uh, it, we, we could say it's pretty much a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, if you're investing in RSPs and TFSAs and all that. Sure. Like, uh, we're going to go back to our number of $1 million. 20% mm -hmm. is 200000 that's left inside the home. So yeah. we're only lending maximum of 800000 So if something were to happen, you know, hopefully not. And yeah. we don't, we hardly ever see it happen. Yeah, um, yeah you have $200,000 buffer inside of that um, home. That's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but what, okay. So, what about redemptions, early redemptions, and all that? Can they can the investor pull their money out before the term ends? Yes, we we do. I mean, uh, the particulars are outlined in the offer memorandum, which is to be created. Let's, I'll give you an example. Let's say an investor says, "Oh, uh, I have my daughter's wedding coming up, sure, and I got to pull out two hundred thousand because it's a, you know." You know, like my big fat Greek wedding or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a big wedding, and I need to pull out two hundred thousand because I can't get it from anywhere else. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's all the circumstances we could uh, work out with uh, our investors. So thirty days, sixty days redemption periods. That's completely fine. Yeah, so it's all to be outlined. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. I think that's a great product to have in the market right now, especially when you know everything else is so uncertain. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, again. We'll go back to it at the very beginning it is save your money. Everything's uncertain until next year. These are only uh, hypothetical predictions that we have. Um, so that I really, really have to emphasize, there's no economist out there that could actually tell what's going to happen next year. Nobody. Yeah, of course. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody. They're nine out of 10 times are wrong. Yeah. And they'll probably try to get it right one year of their lives. And then after that one year, they'll they'll praise them on all over the media, and they're wrong the following year. So, I mean, it's um, it's uh, don't trust everything that's in the media. 
Yeah. Uh, we hardly read the news. We hardly read the media. We only look at data and the analysts that are inside of our office that are looking at how many houses are sold, what is the percentage of sold versus not sold, what uh, homes are back on the marketplace, what is the difference in pricing versus Toronto and particularly Ottawa, um, what's happening with um, with the government's tax act, where they what's the new initiatives that are coming out in the marketplace. Like we take all that, put it into our system, and we analyze uh, through it. I think uh, economists have a, um, a different approach on um, how, how they observe the marketplace and what they think is going gonna, is gonna to happen. Something that no one ever brought up, back in 2010, 2011, uh, the Obama administration, during the, the default period back in 2008, the financial crisis, brought up something called loan modifications. So what it was was the administration would uh, take the client's home and pay the banks a certain amount of money uh, to modify that loan into a lower interest rate so they would pay off the penalties and such. The government? What? I didn't know that. In the States. In the States. Because you were part of that. You were in the States at the time when this happened. When it all completely happened. It was called loan modifications. Okay. And uh, there was a bunch of mortgage brokers jumping into it, trying to do loan modifications, but it wasn't profitable because it was controlled by the government. So you just get paid a flat fee for every single transaction you would do. Um, I would never think that that would actually happen here in Canada. It's happening here? No, not yet, but it might, might possibly come into fruition. Okay. Just because we got to look at it in a, in a grand scheme of things right the government and the banks always win the bank always wins <laughs> yeah always yeah what's well, our backbone of our system right yeah the, you want to take a five-year five-year fixed right now you want to break the mortgage in two years they have no problem with that you're still going to be paying a forty thousand dollar penalty and it goes back to them oh you mean like that yeah of course the people the money have the most power for sure yeah for sure you want the bank you're worried about the bank filing bankruptcy with your deposits well you're gonna get a bailout from the bank uh, yeah. sorry from the government automatically because it's our backbone of our system yeah they're not going it. anywhere right. that means housing is not going anywhere there's always a solution for everything but it's the time when is this going to happen is the question and it's what we have uh to pinpoint exactly when will that happen we're predicting november uh, the rates will start dropping down. That's well, so what Bank of Canada said, right? They're going to keep interest rates. Pre- uh, they're going to keep interest rates high until inflation comes down to target, which probably around Q three, twenty twenty three, or Q four, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Q four, Q four next year, twenty twenty four. Well, they did say that. Uh, I think back in March that they would only bring up their policy rate up to three and a quarter. We already hit that. Now they're trying to bring it up to four and a quarter, which I think will be in December seventh. The next meeting. Yeah, it's hard to take, take anything seriously because they're like, oh, yeah, borrow as much money as you want, right? And then overshot it. So well, back it, at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, we're not, it's just not mortgages. It's the lines of credit Everything. for businesses. It's but the, the majority of people's wealth comes from real estate 100%. or their net worth is in real Even estate. developers, like the developers are having a very tough time right now balancing out their uh, lines of credit that they use for their operational costs with their the individuals that they're hiring. What, what do they do? In this case, all the construction workers, yeah. do they lay some lay them off? What's happening? A lot of it's happening. It needs to happen because projects are getting canceled because you know it's just 
yeah, there's no demand for it, or these people are scared to buy, you know, sales have dropped by 40% in the pre-construction world, even more. So, so yeah, you can score a good deal then, right? You can, you can, there's a lot of deals out there for sure. So it just depends what you're looking for and depends when you're ready to jump in. Like you said, there's no bad time to buy real estate. I think it's a forever asset class. If you have a long run, long-term mindset in place. And um, I don't think you can lose. I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, if you exit too early, then yeah, you might, but you know. No, I don't think you could lose. Just keep, uh, if you keep a house for longer than five years, I don't think there's any way you could lose no matter what you bought it for. I think if you buy a house for whatever you bought it for back in February, March, which was the absolute peak, but you sustain that home for the next four years, you won't lose on it. Yeah. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't see it either. What about everybody that says, well, back in 1980, the rates were 20% or 18%? I mean, will we get there? I don't know. Like, I don't think so. You know, I keep hearing that there's a lot of equity in homes now that people can weather the storm. But I don't know. I don't know. Could you picture 18% on a million dollars? It's like a credit card. It's yeah. like buying a house on a credit card. Yeah. Payments will kill you. It's like financing. Plus, you're amortizing it too, right? Like, the, you have to amortize some of it. You can't, well, like, as part point, of the rules. You want to just do it, like, interest only. Well, yeah, you have to switch mortgages, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't see that happening. Back in the 80s, it was, uh, the houses, I think, were, like, 100, 200,000 max right. for a mansion. Right. But, um, like, the average home were, like, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, I believe, at that time. I don't ever see that 18% happening. They, they might go up to 10. You never know. Uh, we're around sitting close to the 4.5 to 6.5, which is still relatively <coughs> good. It's okay. I think we, as as uh, Canadians, we got spoiled mm. with the low, low, low rates. And whoever never took advantage of that in the, in the past, I think, is uh, beating themselves down and wish they, they did. But, um, yeah, I th- I think still, like, you know, a medium value of uh, 3.5% to 4 is a good rate. Right. Yeah. Because in the commercial world, you're paying a lot more, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's all a part of the, you know, when you say the 1980s from $100,000 homes to, like, now, where you have, you know, average price is 1.3, 1.4 million, depending on where you're looking. That's that's a big difference because of the fraction reserve bank banking system that we have, where they can just basically create money out of thin air. It's not restricted to any gold standard or anything kind of like that yeah let me bring out my laptop do you want a million dollars in your account ken yeah exactly <laughs> oh sure i do actually no. <laughs> yeah it's all digital it's all it's all like shifting zeros like you were saying right yeah, so you analyze all that I understand, <laughs> but yeah so it's funny because I, I talked to a lot of i've talked to economists before and uh no one knows what the end game is like there's a term called the end game how does this all end you know what i mean because this can't go on forever no no it can't it's diluting this currency it can't uh, their their best response is I think, I predict, it might. It they'll never say this will. This is, and this is. Well, it. yeah, I mean, the, economists only exist to make weathermen look good. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> that, that's a good one. I like that. No, but what actually I heard from an economist that um, when I was talking to her, she I, I basically said like. The debt that we have in the national debt that we have is trillions of dollars, like one is point it, whatever trillion. I think whatever. it's like one point one point three trillion or something. Really? Yeah, something like that. 
Like you can fact check that, but it's in the trillions anyway. And I was thinking like, how do you ever pay that off? And she's like, why do you need to pay that off? What does debt even mean? Yeah. 1.3 trillion. That's the same thing. Like, you know, you know, mortgaging your house. It's still like a, it's a rental. It Except the, the same thing. in theory, this country will last forever, not more than like your house. Right. But anyway, so she's saying that how it's defined by, you can never, you can pretty much dilute that debt forever. Right. As long as your standard of living goes up, as long as the GDP goes up because productivity, right. Which brings in standard of living and all that. And as long as you're using that debt to do better for society, create roads and schools and whatever, right. Health care plans and all kind of stuff then maybe in theory you don't have to ever have get rid of that debt. Just keep diluting it away as long as the living standard of everybody goes up. Yeah, let's, you know what? During the financial crisis, I think the, the national debt in the United States was 2 to $4 trillion. In Canada? U.S. Yeah. During the financial crisis. Yeah. And now the, the national debt's at $14 trillion in the That's States. That's crazy. That's crazy. And the rates last year were... Wow, they were just as low as here in Canada. But I don't think, yeah, national debt has anything to, uh, on the effective interest rates at all. Well, yeah, it definitely has nothing to do with interest rates. And definitely it has no representation of anything because every country is in debt. But the reason why is like, you know, in my primitive days, I used to think, how? How do we ever pay this off? But the theory is that you never pay it off. Yeah, no, you don't need to pay it off. Federal, uh, federal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> government workers. <laughs> For the next two years, and you can pay off the, all, the whole national debt. Sure. Let I don't the, think they make trillions the of dollars a year, but... Let, anyway. the province, uh, let the province run the country. Yeah, I guess. we got I Doug guess. Ford running uh, the province. Yeah, that'd be nice. No, no, we need we need uh, federal government for we, sure. We this do, national definitely. security yes. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. We need it for that app, whatever that was, can arrive can. Yeah. <laughs> and spending millions of dollars on things that we don't there need. There you go. There you okay. go. There you go. All right, anyway, with that, um, what... How can we find out more about the, the fund? What do you want to learn? How do you find more yeah, about you? If you guys want to learn more about the fund, please visit mfcmic.com. That's Mortgage Fund Capital Mortgage Investment Corporation. Dot com. M-F-C-M-I-N-C.com. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to visit Keyrate, it's K-E-Y-R-A-T-E.com. You just go onto the website. You can select a, an agent to speak to. Or, or just drop us an email or send us a you know, a uh, quick text anytime anybody's available to respond. Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks for dropping by. Pleasure to talk to you. Hey, Ken, thanks for having me. It was awesome. All right. Yeah.